0: Welcome to "From Caving In" to "Crushing It," the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Today's guest is Jamal Marshall. Jamal is a certified counselor and founder of Listen and Speak Podcast, on which he interviews best-selling authors, entrepreneurs and mental health advocates. He helps clients establish healthy boundaries by dealing with the root of mental pain points, which frees them up to reach their full potential and achieve lasting results. Jamal began his career at the Federal Bureau of Prisons, working in the Division of Public Affairs in 2003, before transitioning to work at a nonprofit for website quality control and prison correspondence in 2010. It was during this time that he began to train and study to get certified in counseling. He then began traveling and public speaking in 2014 before taking on clients as a counselor, where he helped transform the lives of many men, women and families. He soon took up the role as global lead at the International Justice Mission organization to manage and collaborate with global HR managers in building out the programming for the organization's interns and fellow programs. He was responsible for the program management and experience of more than 300 interns and fellows in 18 different countries. He was asked to be a guest on various global podcasts before becoming a podcast host himself and taking on his first online client in the summer of 2020 as a counselor. In January 2023, he left his position as a global lead at the International Justice Mission Organization to continue counseling, consulting, and podcasting full time. Today, the Listen Then Speak is top is a top 25% podcast and Jamal has a pipeline of clients that are getting results that matter to them. Being in the corporate realm for more than 20 years has given Jamal the expertise to get his clients results. One must know the root causes of their behavior, as well as a practical path forward to disrupt toxic patterns that render us ineffective. Jamal is also a professional video blogger and often shares nuggets of wisdom from his life online. Enjoy the show everybody. Shamal Marshall, thanks so much for coming on, my friend. It's great to see you.
1: Thanks for having me, bro. You
0: know, I always love the, uh, the 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 pre recorded uh, conversation because it gives me an opportunity just to refresh my memory and get to know the guest uh, a, a little more. And uh, and I was just commenting, I know the audience can't see this now because it's the first going out audio, but the the signs you have behind you, uh, one very heartfelt with a story, and one cut is snar- snarky, and I love it. Um, but, uh, um, we won't get into that now, unless you want to, but I, uh, you know, I, I love that, but, you know, um, I want to thank Jack Gillet for the, this introduction. I always like to thank the people who introduce us because it's wonderful to get to meet gr- beautiful human beings from other beautiful human beings. So I thank him for, for that introduction. So Jamal would, uh, I always like to, to first point out, you know, when I'm talking to somebody, uh, about how life is not linear. When we're growing up, we're taught that it is. And it's not our parents' fault or our relatives' fault or friends' fault. So everybody passes on what they learned. And, you know, we're told that a pl- if you do A plus B plus C, D is going to happen. And it's not true. You know, there's always going to be something that gets in between one of those letters and kind of derails our course and, uh, and makes it more of a circuitous route. So I know you have a story and I want to give you the opportunity to tell your story and... I'd like you to reach back as far as you need to, to find, locate that defining moment in your life that either tapped you on the shoulder or hit you upside the head with a two by four and said, and made you realize, hey, Jamal, there's a better way to live and I'm not going to retreat. I'm going to fight through this and become stronger because of it. Would you care to tell us that story?
1: Man, uh, the biggest thing is, is picking which one. Um, because I believe that each of us, I mean, if you've lived on this planet, I say longer than twenty years, mm-hmm. um, especially longer than thirty years, for those of us who are getting mm-hmm. that place, you have defining moments. Um, there that are momentous in moving you forward or potentially in pausing you All and right. pushing. You feel, you back. feel
0: free to pick more than one because yeah. usually um, they kind of intertwine.
1: yeah, they they usually on ramp to one another, but um, I would say to date, the biggest defining moment would be the death of my father um, I can. I can. and I think it's how it happened mm-hmm. you know he he passed from natural causes and okay. i'm I'm grateful for that you know he was cared for, surrounded by people who love him um and I was actually at the hospital when it happened okay. um but For the better part of 2017, he was really, really sick. He had had a major stroke um, January 21st of 2017 that paralyzed his right side. So he had to learn to talk again, had to learn to walk again. All of the occupational, physical, speech therapy did all of that. And then in July of 2017, there was a care plan to begin to bring him home. He was improving, but I was Mm -hmm. like, ooh, it's going to be a lot. Yes, Uh, And... I was, you know, one of my clients, his dad was a pilot. And so he would often just say, whenever you need to go home, you can fly standby. And so oh, I was wow. just kinda, I was living in the Midwest, you know, I was a full-time uh, counselor back then, right. public speaking and promotion. And I was just coming home as often as I could. And it was hard, you know, having a full caseload, having all that work, having a complete separate life, 500, you know, miles away in the Midwest and coming back to D.C., And then I finally got to the place where 2017 of April, I announced to my manager that I said, I'm ready to resign. You know, I wanted something. I was doing what I loved, but it's still I wanted to do it in a different context. Um, And so there was a plan for me to come back to work in Columbia, Pennsylvania, as a project manager for an independent website, continue Mm -hmm. some mentoring and counseling. And I I really thought, okay, well, you know, and dad's going to be coming home. He's slowly starting to get better. So I finally got back September twenty first. September twenty third, he got critically ill.
0: Oh, jeez. Okay. Wow.
1: Critically ill, and we pretty much lived in either the emergency room or the hospital for the next two and a half months. Wow. And then December fifth, uh, he passed away. And and uh, for your audience, just to let them know, like uh, my faith's really important to me. Mm-hmm. He went home to be with the Lord. Yes. I remember uh, yes. when the doctors came to get me because he asked to not be resuscitated and they, okay. they wanted that request. Right. Um. I came in and he looked so peaceful. Oh. Like I'd never seen him before. And uh, I read a song over him. There's a hymn called Abide With Me. I read a couple of stanzas of that. I kissed him on the forehead and I said, James, I'm going to see you on the other side, man.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow.
1: And, um, that Oof was a defining moment because for the first three weeks it was really just a blur. You know, my mother's birthday is December 10th. My birthday is the 18th of December. Their anniversary is the 31st. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. 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 Christmas is the 25th. It's just so many different things that happened. And so I don't remember any of those things. Yeah. His service, his funeral was the 22nd, beautiful service. Mm. So many people pitched in to help. Uh, So many people were there, but it wasn't until January. mm where it hit me that I will never see this man again. I'll never yeah. touch this man again. Yeah. I'll never be in his presence. I'll never get advice from him. Yeah. And I hated God. I yep. hated Jesus. I, mean, I hated yeah. the gospel. I yeah. hated everything I stood for, everything I taught, my faith. Just I mm-hmm. just, I questioned everything I was as a man. Right. Um, and I went through a long season of just darkness, you know, uh, instead of being this externally for, facing person that was traveling, promoting and speaking and, and counseling, I just went in my room and and just Mm -hmm. turned on YouTube and ate cereal and threw a hoodie on. I I became very isolated. Um, I chose to not take the job up in Pennsylvania because I felt like I I wanted to stay close to home Mm -hmm. um, just to honor my mom in the early stages of grief. Of course, of course. And I would just walk outside. There was a tennis court not too far from where I live at. It wouldn't be anybody on it, so I'll just go out there and just yell f bombs to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to the yeah. sky all day. Oh yeah, that, that yeah. was my prayer life. That's at least what it had become. But that's all I knew to say. I didn't, right. I didn't know to say anything else.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and slowly, um, slowly, what happened? I started going to this group thing called Grief Share. Um, and kind of processing where I was, but I was raw. I felt like I was a little too raw for the people there because they were talking about, well, I just I've lost my husband or my mom or my dad or this, and I'm just praying. And I was like, well, I really hate this. I hate being here. I hate God. Right. I, I wasn't holding back on any of the ways that I felt. Right. And even um a friend of mine who who's my former pastor, um he really helped me just, he says, you know. I feel like you can just be. Don't, you know, don't try to come here, church, don't serve. He said, mm. You've been running at breakneck speed for like yeah. eight years, and then you come home and your dad passes. You just need a break. Yes. And so I took pretty much nearly a year off. Okay. And just took a break. And through walking out in nature, I figured the mm. tennis court. Wow. <laughs> and I was just, you know, spitting expletives to the sky. And I mean, I'm sure people will walk by and think this dude is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. said why don't I go into the woods? You know, in this neighborhood, we have about four civil war forts. And oh, I wow, deer okay. and foxes and wild turkey, they don't speak yeah. English. So they got no, no. So I'll just go in there and do it. And somehow being in that kind of enclosed nature, yeah. Like, beautiful trails, mm-hmm. got a hold of me. It took months, you know, yeah. nearly a year. But uh I, I kept asking, like, why did you take my dad? Yes. And you know, the retort was, you know, Jamal. 12 years ago, I gave him to you as a best friend. Mm. You didn't always have him like that, you know. And most people who are listening to this podcast don't know I had a very abusive childhood. My dad before, and it's a long story, but before God got a hold of him, he was a former crack and heroin addict and alcoholic. Oh, boy. He was mean enough to be Satan himself, and so I grew up uh, to my early 20s hating him.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: I had a lot of my own issues with um, uh, you know smoking and drinking it just wasn't an addiction for me right right um, you know promiscuity numbs promiscu- the pain in, yeah. in high school mm-hmm. when i try to you know become a person of faith you know i said well i'll just look at pornography now so i'm not hurting anybody i'm mm-hmm. not in with anybody yep. and so just so many addictions and outlets to process my own pain right, before right. being serious about my relationship with god and i happen to be the one that led him to god in 2006
0: wow that's amazing
1: so, never thought that that would happen and then it wasn't until about 2008 2009 where we really became really tight Ah. or i I went away to get some um spiritual mental physical counseling for myself before i became a counselor i I went
0: through okay all right
1: that's meaningful for you yeah yeah a lot of time and Mm -hmm. thousands of dollars into my own um and then coming back we just you know before i interned and, and decided to go back full time we just became thick as thieves and um so what God's retort was to me was like sometimes that never happens between fathers and sons yes. and fathers and daughters, but you know, someone you didn't have, I gave him to you. And think mm. about the last year of his life, he was just existing. He wasn't really living.
0: Right.
1: And that's so true. You know, the thing about when you're seeing your family pass, and if it's slow, sometimes it's sudden, sometimes it's slow, he was just existing. Yeah. You know? nah, it was hard to watch him that way. I mean, the the stroke. Yep. All the stuff with his kidneys, it was just eating him alive. Of course. Right. And so when I thought about the reality of where he is, and I i mean, I'm sure you have an audience of of a myriad of beliefs, but yes. I do believe in heaven. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, he's really alive now. And that that didn't take away the pain, No. but it helped me to process it in a way that was redemptive in a way that said, all right, Jamal, like right now you're just existing. You mm-hmm. are literally a shell of who you used to be and rightfully so you lost your dad that's just just, that's what happens grief will it will it's cruel yes it is knock the wind out of you and so i i got a second win and slowly i knew coming back to dc i had to work you know yeah yeah Um, so i found a job at a place called international justice mission came in as a contractor i literally interviewed for 11 minutes and then two months later, I interviewed with someone in the HR department for five minutes at a Starbucks and got a job, a full time job. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm the type. Once you talk to me, it's like I want him on the team. Yeah, uh, Things are never long. I, I
0: I have I have seen that, my friend. That's <laughs> I agree with you. You got you 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 have some kind of uh, magnetism that that draws people towards you. So I agree with uh, Starbucks and the that other place
1: (laughs) (laughs) just god's gift man and but and it was it was wonderful it was a worthy work you know it's anti-human trafficking Mm. It worked as a global lead so that's a lot of capacity managing 18 our managers
0: absolutely
1: in four different you know quadrants of our country Um, but it wasn't what i was called to do okay and i realized Drew, that i was on the run and okay it God had me there for a reason, uh-huh. uh, but it wasn't until around late 2019, 2020, where I had you know when I was in the woods and I would do this praying and yeah. I was, you know for a minute and a half I would take out this Google Pixel phone, okay, and I would record some thoughts. Ah. and so I knew nothing about social media, mm-hmm. I had, wasn't on any social media. I had LinkedIn okay. because I dropped my resume there, right, right, and I put these videos on LinkedIn, and they started catching fire. Then wow! Here, because I wasn't trying to draw like an audience. Attention,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It really blew up around May of 2020. Okay. Um, because you know we started working remotely, mm-hmm. it was COVID. Yeah, and so I had that hour and a half when I was in traffic heading to Northern Virginia to my job in DC. Yep. You know, around here. Yeah. I had an hour and a half of time in the morning when I could just you know walk. Wow. And so we went through a pandemic, but also then we start going through in the States, a cultural pandemic with the murder of George Floyd.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. yep. Um,
1: and so I felt the need to speak to it in a way that was very bipartisan. And I think people weren't expecting that from me as a black American. Right, right. Um, And it wasn't super conservative. It wasn't mm-hmm. super liberal. It was just like, okay, liberals think this way. Conservatives think this way. All right, God, what's your heart on this? I don't really care what liberals or conservatives are Right, right, like, exactly, I, I really exactly. Get in tune with a different frequency. I hear you. And I think that's what made it stand out. Sure. Because everyone was singing like an alto, and I came in as a tenor and it's like, oh, who's that? You know? Yeah. So that's kind of uh, what put me on the map. But the defining moment happened long before when I decided to start living again and actually right. using my voice again. Um, we all have a myriad of superpowers. Uh, and one of mine is my voice. Um, yes. And when dad passed, I didn't want to use that anymore. I just wasn't right. um And hmm. so I think him passing and then me processing that with God through very long, very dark road. Yeah. Helped me to start say, you know, I, I'll never see him this side of eternity, but he's he's there in the ether waiting for me to to so start running my race, and it's like, man, use the gifts you have while you're still here.
0: Absolutely, you live. You know, uh, I believe he's guiding life. you. He's guiding you too, man. He's 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 with you on this journey. My my dad passed away too in 2019, somewhat similar to you. I was there in the hospital when it happened. So, I I I'm with you. You're my brother. Um, and and I'll tell you, um. When when you started using your voice again, did you find that you started to heal from within? Did it start to heal heal you telling your story, and using well, your voice? It, it did, it didn't it? Did. It's it cause the same happened with me, and it was amazing. And so, tell me how that felt, and and how that really made you stronger to to what you're doing now.
1: I think sometimes, like I, I'm big into journaling. Um, okay. And we'll talk later about like the work, but I even have my clients yeah. do a good bit of journaling. Okay, good, good. I tell each of them, what you write down, you have to reckon with. Mm. But it's also because sometimes we don't, we have so many ideas and thoughts that come to us. Yeah. It's okay to have that verbal journal. Yes, and absolutely. So that's why I would videotape so much stuff. And people say, well, how mm. did you get so good on video? I was like, I don't need a video coach. I've been mm. putting in reps before there was even social media. Yes, you're right. So I would just videotape it. That way I had a mental, you know, Picture and visual of like what was going on in my mind at the time, mm. and so telling my story became healing because it gave me the chance to process stuff I didn't even know was there.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's something about hearing your own voice with your own ears about your own story um, that strikes some chords that have never been struck before. Um, and I think unless you've gone through it, it's it's very uh, challenging to describe it in words. I do. So let, let's get to how this personal journey has put you in professionally and what you're doing now, because I know you are reaching far and wide and and helping a lot of people. I want to, uh, the audience to hear that, that part of the story.
1: Got it. So folks, at its inception, when those videos went out on LinkedIn, um, there was a guy by the name of Mark Metry, who was a pretty big account back then, and he was uh, inviting people to either come on their his podcast or be on theirs. And I just left a comment on his. Mm-hmm. Now, back then, he didn't know who I was. I had like maybe 500 connections. Mm-hmm. So he didn't see it, but someone else did. And there was a group by the name of the Safety Justice League. And they had been following my content. They said, hey, we want you to come on our podcast. Said, wow. Oddly enough, later, Mark connected with me. Wow. <laughs> but. Uh- more importantly, I got on their podcast and I was wondering why, because like I was working at international justice mission. I didn't have a brand, didn't have a business, but they wanted to hear my story. Okay, So it was a panel podcast of three guys and one girl, Mm -hmm. man, that interview was just phenomenal because they asked me about my story, my past, you know, my dad, you know, my thoughts on like what was happening here in America at that time. And the female panelist. I remember something she asked me. She said, "Are you a podcast host?" And I said, "No, nah, I'm not. That's not really my thing." She said, "You should be. You're an uh-huh. And so the group. This is how things come full circle. That I was actually <laughs> supposed to work for. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. They heard that podcast. No way. Yeah. Oh said, we didn't know you were like that, <laughs> CEO. So I didn't. I didn't know that you were like that. That good. So he says, "I'm sending you two thousand bucks." I want you to get yourself a MacBook Pro. <laughs> yeah, all right. And uh, we're gonna actually give you a do- a domain. Okay. And do what you want with it, and that's where Listen to Speak was born. And it was initially supposed wow. to be like a racial reconciliation sort yes. of right. site podcast. But I didn't feel, even though that's very important to me, right, 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 I didn't feel that I was the one to carry that that mantle. You mm-hmm. know, and so yeah. I kind of played and toyed around with it, and I said, you know ultimately that's an inception, I'm a counselor you know I'm a I'm, I'm a certified counselor I'm in the mental health space you know I think I can maybe make a combination of mm-hmm. both yep. and so and there was also a guy by the name of Rob Jollis, who who's my mentor a Jewish man and he said okay I'm going to he bought me a mic this deck the actual mic I'm speaking on right now oh, yeah? says, all right but he said you need to get to work <laughs> so, wow and also set, purchased me some space at Simplecast, you know, because I was just starting to work, just getting on my feet. And I yeah. had taken on, all, on all dad's bills. And so it sure. was weird how I wasn't looking for a listen and speak, but it was looking for me. Yes. And it was God's way of saying, like, listen, you've been running from this for a while. This is what I called you to do, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember having my first guest on. It was a five-time bestselling author. And he said, I have some feedback for you. It's actually one of my mentors. And this guy's about his business. I mean, he doesn't play games. Mm -hmm. And he says, I've done thousands of these. And I will put you in my top 20.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Keep going. So that put confidence in me. Like, okay, I do know how to interview. And Mm -hmm. I've been a counselor for years. I've been doing this work for 10 plus years, 16 plus years experience. My understanding of human behavior helped me to pull something out of my guests that other people wouldn't absolutely so there is
0: that that is a gift jamal and actually i i listened to one of your episodes on listen and speak um a young lady who was of indian descent uh, it was a fascinating fascinating episode and your ability to really it is listen and speak because you have this gift of of listening to her words and her tone you're able to be that that objective middle like you could have your views but like like what you said before about speaking to the middle the 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 bipartisan piece of it it was something it had me gripped I listened to the whole thing and it had me thinking differently and there were terms I never heard of I started I had I kept googling some of the terms that she was using in the URL. I'm like what is that oh I get that you know so it was really thank you for that because that that was fascinating and I'm gonna be listening to more of your episodes. So you were that you that was definitely a calling, and you 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 are as good as advertised, my friend.
1: That's very kind of you, Drew because I know you don't say anything you don't mean, so I take no, Absolutely.
0: Part. Oh yeah, absolutely. So so tell tell me about what you're doing now and what you want the audience to to know about you because they are gonna to want to get in touch with you.
1: You got it. So uh obviously since then I've done many <laughs> podcast episodes. Yeah since the first but what that's done is that's also opened doors um two things i do um also as i understand i do human behavior Mm -hmm. i'm a counselor so in july of 2020 one thing i didn't tell you is that Mm -hmm. through all the content you know it's not so much the people who like and comment on your stuff it's those who usually don't comment yeah but it was somebody who was commenting and they came into my dms and they said, uh, are you a counselor? And because it says your things says a global lead, because, you know, your your profile, that's your landing page. Yes, I it is about that stuff. Yeah. And so when you don't have a profile that matches what you do, you have to do a lot of explaining. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yep. this, this is July 2020. So the, the brand is not what it was today. No, it's, it's evolving. Awesome. Yeah. I actually share with her. Yeah. That is what I am. You know, so you like a public speaker, too. And and so she said, I have a family member that really needs some of your help. And uh. so That was the first inbound lead I took after one, two, two years of not doing any counseling at all. Sure, and so it's I was still working at International Justice Mission as mm-hmm. a global lead, but I started. It was a side gig. Okay, and then in twenty twenty one. I said, okay, I would had a really good experience, got, got good feedback. And I said, wait a minute, you know, I need to protect myself legally. So that's when I got, you know, applied okay. for the LLC. Got it, I got it. That's where Listen to Speak LLC was born in June of twenty twenty one. And then with the podcast, one thing I, I did not do was sponsorships because okay. I like you. I'm a city dude. Yeah. I'm not going to say what I don't mean. I'm like, okay, I got to push your little product. Exactly. I really like, probably like, I don't like this stuff.
0: Nah, you got to like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The way I monetize listening to speak uh, is a lot of different guests come on. And I mean, some of these people are multimillionaires. Right. Give them a good experience. They say, you know what, man? i've made an amazing connection with you i want you to come into my company as a consultant
0: <laughs> that's wonderful yeah that's and yeah that's wonderful yeah,
1: there's some teams there that need some, some of your help and so yeah. you know you know consultancy it pays pretty well and so uh outside of doing the public speaking yeah counseling i also do consultancy because human behavior when, when people see that you get them and that you solve problems from the inside out yeah. that's what Opportunity. So, just for your audience, I want to let them know like, I do consulting, I do one on one counseling, um, and I do public speaking. So, but that's for
0: I I love this, you know, Jamal. And in the audience, you know, this that many of us are suffering in silence, and many of us decide not to speak to people because we haven't found the right person. The right person is out there to be there for you to listen and to speak and you know, it's okay to like test us all out (laughs) because we're, each one of us is not always going to be right for you. Somebody out there is right for you. Don't be afraid, please. Or do it scared. Ask for help. Um, because there are, there are people who just did it scared and found somebody like Jamal and they're, they're better for it. Um, so I could talk to you all day, man. I'll tell you. Um, I do have two final questions if that's okay with you.
1: That's fine. Go for it. All right.
0: You have the opportunity to sit down with young 7 to 10-year-old Jamal, and you want to give him advice about life. What are you going to tell him?
1: This is going to sound really trite. But I tell him, man, just be yourself. Please. Be Everything God made you to be and be everything you're not. Um, And you don't have to please everyone you run into. Some people are going to like you, man, and some people are not going to like you. Be mm-hmm. okay with that. There's almost, uh, I would say, for you know, there's going to be nearly 8 billion people on the planet. Some you're going to hit, some you're going to miss. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Don't put pressure on yourself. You're going to wear yourself out. I love that. I love that.
0: Yeah, don't put pressure on yourself because we tend to do that right? There's enough pressure out there. No need to put more on yourself, right?
1: No, nah, it's basic arithmetic. When yeah. I realized this, I tell myself self this almost every morning, the math will always math in your favor, Jamal. I mm.
0: <laughs> love that. The math will always math in your favor. I love that. All right, put on a different hat. Now you're sitting down with young Jamal, the young businessman entrepreneur, and you want to give him some advice on business. What are you going to tell him?
1: Bail? Fail. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to learn. See the silver lining, young man, young entrepreneur. If you are dotting your I's and crossing your T's, you're going to wear yourself thin trying to make sure everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Some of even the best podcasts are done in some, inside someone's car on the phone mm-hmm. <laughs> and the production team cleans it up. Don't look for perfection. Don't worry about that fallacy. And you're going to make bad decisions. You may even make some bad investments. That's what writes your story. Mm-hmm. Your autobiography goes out. People say, oh, OK, I'm getting some wisdom. I'm getting scholarship off his mistakes. Mm-hmm. or I did that, too. And that's how he overcame. But if you mm-hmm. have a perfect white picket fence story, who's going to listen to you?
0: so true so true uh we need we need to have something uh be challenging in life to compare compare it to it's uh, because comparison us to somebody else is really not healthy but compare yourself to yourself right that's how you learn it's the, it's that's the wisdom and experience um, that's great advice and and you know when we are in our education system in this country we're we're told not to fail Right. You have to get A's and you get something wrong and we're afraid of making a mistake. We're taught the opposite now. I mean, yes, there's good parts to our education system, but I'm telling you, we we are not taught financial literacy. We are not taught how to fail and how to bounce back. Um, and I believe that that's going to come from people like you, Jamal, in helping people that it's OK to fail. Actually, it's good to fail. Right. And um, so, you know, always take what you hear in school system, government, all this stuff, take it with a grain of salt and then go out and find a human being who has been through the fire and bounce it off him. And so, you know, he'll listen and he'll speak and, uh, and you'll get something out of it. So Jamal, you are the man. Thank you so much. You know, I'm, I'm grateful you're in my life. And again, thank you to Jack Jolet. You did it again, Jack. You're a very good connector, my friend. Any parting words you want to tell the audience, my friend?
1: Uh, definitely. Uh, the easiest way to find me uh, is you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm the only Jamal Marshall on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure my website will be in the show notes, listenspeak.com. Uh, yeah. Just I, I'll say this, and this can, this can sound a little crass. Uh, since uh, that word that w- rhymes with Ovid, uh, we've had coaches out the wazoo. I'm not a coach. I'm mm-hmm. okay. I've even been told by marketers, you should market yourself as a coach. It sounds sexier. I'm okay to say that I'm a counselor. I'm Mm -hmm. okay to say that I actually work from the inside out with root causes. I find something with coaching is that it often keeps people in a cycle of coming back. Mm. I want to in about six months to not have to work with you anymore because we've actually gotten you some results. And so I work with root causes of behavior Mm -hmm. where a coach will work from the outside in, no, inside out. And we actually tailor this thing to actually get your results that you care about. So
0: yeah. And and yeah, I tell you, Jamal is a real deal because, and, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Jamal, you know that people have those tools within them, right? And mm-hmm. you help get them out and then you can walk away and what you've taught them how to work with the tools from within and then they don't need you anymore.
1: That's it. That's, you don't want to keep someone dependent on you. That's a money grab.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Dependence, depend on, depend on yourself. You can use somebody like Jamal to help to get that greatness outside of you and then and then uh take it on yourself so well thanks again jamal appreciate you man thanks for having me true all right hey everybody out there be well thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the episode please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it if you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle Please become a member of my Men Supporting Men collaboration tribe by emailing me at Drew at ProfitCompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.